witnessing right now from Senate Democrats is an organized, concerted, deliberate effort to smear, to try to delegitimize, and to try to destroy the Supreme Court. We're witnessing it because they're angry. Senate Democrats are angry that we have a majority on the court that are willing to follow the Constitution and follow the law. And it's important to note that Democrats don't like democracy. If they did, they wouldn't go to the courts and try to force through wildly unpopular left-wing policies that the voters don't want. But today's congressional Democrats are more than willing to trample over the will of the voters, and they want judges to rubber stamp their left-wing views. As a result, the Democrats look at the Supreme Court as the one institution of government that they cannot force a left-wing agenda down. Today's Democrats want to strip Americans of religious liberty. Today's Democrats want to strip Americans of free speech. Today's Democrats want to strip Americans of the Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. In fact, some have gone so far as to say they wish the Second Amendment had never been written. Standing in their way are justices who took an oath to the Constitution and who are faithful. So what we're seeing is a concerted effort. As everyone here knows, Chuck Schumer stood on the Senate floor and said that they had released the whirlwind, the justices, and he named Kavanaugh and Gorsuch by name, and they would pay the price if the justices did not rule the way Democrats wanted them to. All right, welcome back on this Friday. Thank God. I'm done. <laughs> That's it. The podcast's over. This episode's over. Thanks. Thanks for stopping by. Just kidding. <laughs> pretty much, I'm pretty much cooked. I think most people by Friday are pretty cooked. Uh, I mean, if you're a uh, if you're a uh, adult and you put on your big boy or big girl pants every day and you go out and do what you're supposed to do, <laughs> by Friday you're pretty cooked. I gotta be honest with you. Uh, life uh, life is is not a nice thing sometimes. Anyways, the Senate uh, Judiciary Committee is slated Thursday to debate the vote on a bill backed by the Senate Democrats that would impose binding ethic co- ethics excuse me codes for the Supreme Court. The committee will begin to weigh a bill's introduction by Senator Sheldon Whitehouse, a Democrat from Rhode Island, that has set new requirements for financial disclosures and recusals in cases in which justices may have conflicting interests. The 9.30 hearing comes in the wake of multiple reports revealing some Republican-appointed justices failed to disclose tipped trips financed by their wealthy GOP donor friends in addition to previously undisclosed real estate transactions. Just about a week now, we've learned something new and deeply disturbing about the justices uh, serving on the Supreme Court, the highest court in the land in the United States, and their conduct outside the courtroom. Chairman Senator Dick Durbin said, Democrat from Illinois, uh, he also said, uh, let me tell you, If I or any member of the Senate failed to report a an all-expense-paid luxury getaway or if we used our government staff to help sell books we wrote, we'd be in big trouble. While Republican members on the committee are expected to push back on the proposal, the hearing stands to be more symbolic as Democrats will likely use this opportunity to bolster their agenda ahead of the 2024 election given their increased criticism of the 6-3 to leaning Republican uh, majority. 
it's not going to get the 60 votes in the Senate, and certainly it's not going to pass the House because the Republicans say they see this as a backdoor attack on the court's jurisprudence with the six conservatives. Some Senate jury committee Republicans have suggested the ethics reform pushes an effort by liberals to discredit the court and argue the justices should set their own policies. During a uh, May 2nd hearing concerning ethics, uh, the ranking member, Lindsey Graham, recognized an unseemly effort to destroy the legitimacy by his colleagues across the aisle, but also encouraged that the Supreme Court to act on it, on its own to help instill more public confidence. Ultimately, what's truly going on here is that they don't like the makeup of the Supreme Court. All the rulings that have been coming down, they've been losing, losing, losing. That's the one area they are losing the most in, and they're unhappy about it because they're trying to impose all these leftist policies throughout every state in the United States. And as it works its way up to the Supreme Court and they end up taking up the cases, they ultimately lose. You know, they wanted to uh, forgive college tuition. They wanted <clears throat> to give up our tax dollars uh, and forgive these uh, young young men and women that decided to get degrees in um, fields that there really are no jobs in or people that started going to college and did not finish college and they still have the, uh, the, the bill hanging over their head. And then you have all the other bills that are not cases, actually not bills, cases that went to the Supreme Court, the abortion rights, uh, affirmative action. They've been losing all the way around. So this is just really is a backdoor way of trying to get in there and have control over the Supreme Court. So even if they are not the majority, they can force the Supreme Court to, to come to the conclusions that they want them to or come to the decisions that they want them to. Uh, I mean, Democrats are never going to stop. You know, they want complete control of the country. And they're big babies, and anytime they lose, they stomp and pout their feet, and then we need to change the country. We got to burn it to the ground. We can't get anything done. Oh, my God. At the end of the day, the Supreme Court is currently following the rule of law. The Supreme Court is, is guided by the actual Constitution, which it should be, and uh, the decisions are the correct decisions that are being made. Uh, I think everything, for mostly everything that came out of there, is what it should have been. It's, it's, they just want it their way. They want everything extreme to the left. And if it doesn't align with their ideology, then they're just not for it. So they're doing anything that they can to strong arm, strong arm the Supreme Court or try to heavily restrict them in what they are and are not allowed to rule on or do something like this with the bribes where they could potentially kick them out because once you're on the Supreme Court, it's for life. So unless you get uh, impeached and, and taken off the bench, which is a difficult process to go through, but if you have more red tape around them, it'd be a lot easier for the Democrats to say, well, look, he did this or they did that or whatever and uh, try to get him removed from the court, especially during a time when a Democrat is in the White House, and that way they can place one of their people in, and then you could get the court leaning in their direction. And it's such a it's such a slippery slope doing all this. It's just like stacking the court. So you do it to us, then we would do it to you, or you stack the court, and then when we do, we'll adjust the number again, and then we'll stack the court, and eventually we're going to have 300 Supreme Court justices that can't come to a decision on a damn thing. Okay, They're already struggling as it is sometimes. It's a mess. Democrats, I agree with Ted Cruz, they do not like democracy. And them trying to tie the hands of the Supreme Court justices is just proof of that. It's just like 
It's like people that are arguing about book banding. Do you ever listen to how asinine this sounds? They they want to stop you from banning a book, right? They're, they're always they're complaining about banning books. It was something that was going on here in South Florida, anyways. Uh, you had a rabbi that went in, and he wants for Palm Beach County, he wants to remove the Bible from the schools, right? He wants to ban the Bible because he's against banning books. Because, oh, kids should be able to learn whatever they want to learn, and it's okay to have pornographic material in there for kindergartners. He's all for that. Uh, but he needs to get the Bible out of there because if you're going to ban those books, then we're going to ban this book. So his, his argument is to teach you a lesson about banning books, I'm going to ban books. <laughs> I'll te- I'm going to teach you a lesson and tell you how I'm better than you because I, I don't think you should ban books, and you guys are wrong for banning books, so the way I'm going to teach you a lesson is I'm going to ban a book. It doesn't even make no damn sense. But, hey, people are stupid, yeah, especially that guy. That guy's a world-class idiot. Anyways, that's something totally separate from what we're doing here today. All right, now, for all you climate junkies, everybody that loves the climate so much, everybody that loves green energy, all of you, uh, Joe Biden is slated to announce – the first offshore wind right sail in the Gulf of Mexico on Thursday in an effort to advance the administration's goal of developing 30 gigawatts of offshore wind power by the year 2030. The Interior Department said that the sale will take place on August 29th and includes more than 102,000 acres of area off of Lake Charles, Louisiana. Uh, the two areas offshore, Galveston, Texas, totaling nearly 200,000 acres <laughs> it's just it's insane it's it, we, the climate people where are you at you think this is better for the environment to put to build these things and put them in there and put them in the water you think it's better <laughs> i just out of curiosity uh together the administration said that the new developments will have the potential to generate approximately 3.7 gigawatts or enough energy to power nearly 1.3 million homes now let me drop a number on you here just so we all understand each other because I think this is uh, actually very important they're going to use up 200,000 acres not 200 not 2,000 not 20,000 which is huge already I mean I, I don't know where you live or how you live maybe you live on an acre maybe you live on a quarter acre maybe you're on a zero lot line I don't know how you live in your life but I can assure you uh, I have property and I'm not no big piece of property, but for me, it's, it is what it is. Uh, 10 acres to the average person would be a lot of land for your, especially just for yourself. Okay. 10 acres. Uh, I think most people would say if they had a thousand acre ranch, they have a, a pretty sizable ranch. Obviously it's not the biggest ranch in the world, but it's sizable. There are people that have much larger ranches. 200,000 acres you are going to use to power 1.3 million homes. And I know that for the average person, since you have no other um, information besides that, that may sound like a lot. Wow, that's a million, 1.3 million homes. That's actually pretty decent. Well, considering that there is 142 million homes in the United States, as of 2021, not that don't. It's not so much. <laughs> let's let's even go a little further on the numbers. How much land would you need to use if we were going to power 
all of the homes in the United States by wind. How many acres would you need? <laughs> okay. You would need 21.8 trillion acres to be able to power every home in this United States. 21.8 trillion acres. How many acres do you think is the entire United States? <laughs> this is how stupid this is. I'm just trying to prove a point here. And I know you already know the answers are going to be dumb. But I'm just trying to prove a point here. How many acres is the entire United States? The total area of all 50 United States is 2.4 billion acres. We don't have enough land. Because to, to, for every 1.3 million homes, it requires 200,000 acres. You're out of land. <laughs> you ain't got enough. It's all done there. Yeah, there's going to be wind farms everywhere. I guess they're going to be in the middle of the street. They're going to be all over the place. And you still wouldn't have enough. Maybe you take up the entire ocean and maybe you'll have enough. This green energy doesn't make the cut. Come up with something better. And for again, for all my climate junkies, okay, all you people that live and breathe and bleed and just you're so worried about the climate, are you okay with powering a million homes for 200,000 acres of land? And if not land, then sea. It's disturbing the habitat. It's a guarantee every time. I see it up the street from my house. They put a whole bunch, they put a whole solar field here in the state of Florida up the street from my house. It's kind of hidden. Should see all the deforesting that they had to do to put that crap in there. Thanks a lot, FPL. They put all that solar in there. And as they were doing it, out of all the brush and everything, pigs and foxes and peacocks, um, deer, all of it all had to move on. You took away all. All of their homes, their habitat, their natural area to live in. If you're a climate person, that should mean something to you. But apparently, it only means something if there's a political drive behind it because obviously that doesn't actually mean something. See, if you truly love the climate, you would stop them from stuff like that knowing that that technology really isn't doing much for you. They want to claim that it stabilizes your bills. Well, there'll never be a spike in your bill because this kind of helps offset the bill. So your bills get very stable. Okay, well, I don't know. Before the solar panels were there, my bill was what I expected it to be every year. It was definitely more money in the summer and less in the winter. Because in the winter here in Florida, the AC's barely running. Got to be honest with you. The days are beautiful. You got your windows open. You know, it's spring cleaning in the wintertime here in Florida because it doesn't get that cold. In the summertime, AC's piping. <laughs> you're trying it's an ice box you're trying to keep it because it's so hot outside it's nice to walk into something nice and cool because it's just cooking down here where are all you people at my bill is never unstable you don't care about the climate if you cared about the climate and you cared about if you cared about the earth you'd be more concerned that we're putting toxic solar panels and we're deforesting hundreds of thousands of acres to put these crappy solar panels in that are going to create more toxic waste in years to come. But people don't think about that. People are like, oh, they're going to put them in. It's great. Well, 20 years from now, they're going to have to replace them. They're going to have to do something with them. They're going to have to process them somewhere. So they're going to pollute something else on the planet. And they don't even produce that much energy in the first place.
well, wind farms, they're going to have their own set of impacts. You already know the impacts that it has on birds in the air and everything else. What impacts does it have on the ocean? We talked about the whales that potentially are uh, hard to say for sure, but it appears that it had an impact on the whales and it's killing them when they get into the fields where all these wind turbines are at. You see, moments like these are when you know that all you climate people, you're full of crap. <laughs> this is where we know what time it is. We know what type of people you are. You're just politically driven people that ha- are part of the agenda, or you are just a useful idiot for the cause. It's one or the other. You actually haven't done any homework. You haven't really studied anything. You've only looked at it from one angle, the angle that they give you. You only eat from one bowl. It's the bowl they feed you out of. You don't even try to look at opposing views or dig any bit, any information up for yourself. You just accept what you're being fed, and then you do as they say. So you're just a useful idiot. All right. And, uh, <laughs> and lastly, I thought this was uh, – yeah, you know, it's just uh, I don't want to say mildly entertaining. I thought it was I thought it was pretty entertaining, I'm going to be honest with you. Um Nancy Pelosi, you know, she has a a pretty interesting opinion of Joe Biden, I would say. <laughs> um Joe Biden's age has been called into question as Donald Trump's has been called into question knowing that he's 80 years old. And I think that more than just the number, it's the way he behaves, it's the way he is physically, uh, uh, the way he is mentally. I think that his age is being called into question. But Nancy Pelosi seems to disagree with uh, a lot of that. She has her own opinion of Joe Biden. I can't say that I share her opinion. But I think it's always best if you hear it directly from them between Republicans and Democrats running the House. I want to ask um, uh, uh, Speaker Pelosi about 2024. Uh, You talked a lot about President Biden's uh, successful presidency so far. All the points on the board. It's a long list. I think arguably, uh, objectively, one can say he has accomplished a great deal, maybe even historic proportions. Um, But there's a I, the question I have for you as a um, honoree on the very first 50 over 50 list with Forbes and Know Your Value, a lot of people are talking about the president's age as a factor in this, especially Republicans. Um, what do you make of the criticism the president is getting that he's too old to have a second term? I think the president should embrace his age, his experience, uh, what he br- his, the knowledge that he brings to the job. Uh, actually, the leader on the other side is not much younger. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> I don't like to use his name, yeah. but you know who I mean. He's not that much younger. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think uh, age is a relative thing. Uh, it is, uh, uh, and I think this president. Uh, we, our country is very well served by his leadership. Again, his experience, his knowledge, and it counts for a lot. He uh, uh, really, under his first two years in office, and I take some credit for that in terms of my congressional Democrats having the courage uh, to go out there and vote for some of these things which were being mischaracterized by the other side, uh, that that uh, it, it was record-breaking. And we have more. There, there's still more work. 
work to be done uh, in terms of women in the workplace and the rest. So we want him to do his unfinished business. I couldn't be prouder of him. And uh, again, we're very fortunate uh, that he is in that position. But again, age is relative. What, I, I was in L.A. Uh, for some Democratic stuff recently, and I met with Norman Lear, who's 100, going on 101. He was telling me some new shows he was involved in. I was meeting with Frank Gehry, a, a, a 90-something architect, showing me new buildings he's building throughout the world. Uh, and uh, they were like, 80? He's a kid. But as a kid, it is it's relative. He's, he's younger than I am, so I, he's a kid to me. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> he's a kid to me, huh? <laughs> Is he? He's a kid. <laughs> Gee, that's an ugly kid, man. Why? That's an ugly kid, man. God dang it. <laughs> oh my God. This, these people are, they're just insane. I don't even know what else to say. I mean, to sit there and tell that lie and try to spin that. Oh, you just kidding me. 80 years old, 82 by the time he would go back in. Just kidding. Hell, man, I wish I was kidding at 82. I, I, I must be aging like one of the elves from Lord of the Rings where I can live thousands of years if I'm, uh, if I'm uh, a kid at 82. Oh, my God, this guy gets a free pass on everything, everything. You're a Democrat, man. You get a free pass on everything. You even get a free pass on age. You can be young at 80. You can be young at 100. <laughs> oh, my God. It's it's just all so stupid. I don't even know if I need to even say anything else. I think that pretty much summed it up there. Do you really need to even hear my comments on it? Because I'm sitting there thinking to myself, you're probably thinking the same thing I'm thinking right now. Okay? Half the stuff I'd like to say, I can't say. <laughs> but... Uh, anyways, wow, that was stupid. <laughs> that was stupid. And uh, I hope Nancy Pelosi doesn't think she's a kid or think that she's young because, uh, yeah, I mean, she, if she is, she's getting sauced up pretty early in life. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, I don't miss seeing her face at all. I am so happy that for the most part, she's kind of gone away. Uh I thought that was a good way to end it on Friday, don't you? Yeah, you get a little chuckle out of it. The kid. The kid. You know what? Maybe that's going to be their campaign slogan. You think, you think the go-around will start calling him the kid? The kid can do it again! <laughs> that would be amazingly stupid. I hope somebody's that dumb to do that. That would be great. That would be amazing. Anyways. Yes. <laughs> that's the end of the episode. I hope you like it. You do a great review. Besides that, have a blessed weekend. We'll do it again on Monday. Bye.